Dudes, ladies, guys, everyone. Here's the thing. Heath, are you ser- are you being serious right now? Because I'm, I'm being serious, serious right now. I'm, I'm dead serious. All right, I need serious Heath. This I'm, is serious Sid. I'm serious. I'm ready. All right, because, man, the, here's the thing. I got to tell you. I got to tell the people listening. It's a post-COVID world. Lots has changed. Lots like, has changed. the world looks different today. And the agency has to stay relevant, has to stay competitive, has to be a little different. Yeah, I think we have to stay ahead of the game. We have to stay ahead of what's coming. We have to know what's next. So how do we do that? We got to be a connected agency. Ooh, what does that mean? I don't know. We got to get into it, though. Oh, let's go, baby. Welcome to the VIP podcast. Season three. Let's go. Welcome to the uh, VIP Podcast Season 3. I'm excited you guys are hanging out with us today. I've got my man CJ Hudson Pillar in here hanging out with us. We are talking all things customer experience and customer journey this month. And uh, we've had some great guests and we're going to have some more great guests coming in. Uh, Without further ado, I can't wait to get in this conversation. CJ Hudson Pillar, what's going on, my man? What's up, guys? How how are are things? Man, things are great. Uh, How about you? Hey, I, I am uh, living the dream over here, man. I ain't got a whole lot to complain about, so all, all good. All good. That's awesome. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, you are, you're, it's your second generation, is that right? At Hudson Pillar Insurance? Second gen, yeah, second, second gen. Second gen. Uh, I can relate to that. I go uh, second gen as well. You're in uh, the heart of Tennessee. You're right there outside of Nashville, right? Mount Juliet? That's correct. Yep, Mount Juliet, Tennessee. That's a beautiful area. I grew up in Franklin. I got family in Murfreesboro. We're all over Goodlettsville, and, you know, I got family all the way to Knoxville. So you got people all over that greater Nashville market. I, I do, and I'm a, I'm a big Tennessee Titans fan, Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. I, I uh, Everything but college football, I root Tennessee. So uh, Okay, that's fair. I don't yeah. root college football, period, so it works out. There you go. <laughs> I wouldn't either have had Vandy as a team to root for, but that's all There you good. go. That's right. See, I, I stick to hockey. That's like my – Yeah, my you go. Uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with the Predators either, man. That's cool. That's right. So talk to me a little bit since we're talking about where you are. Uh, let's go back. Let's do a little bit of who CJ is and uh, why I brought you on here. So, uh, go back as far as you want. Lead me up to where you are right this second. Sure. Yeah. So like I said, second generation agency owner. Uh, my mom started our agency back in 1992. Um, in 2006, the year I graduated high school, I got licensed and started in, uh, in insurance and haven't looked back since. Um, I was uh, blessed enough to be able to, at the beginning of 2023, because um, I have great timing at all, on all things. Uh, and then at the beginning of 2023, I was able to uh, buy my mom's agency from her. Um, so, um, you know, we got all that done. You know, the hardest market ever. Why not just go ahead and buy an agency and jump in uh, during all that? Makes makes a ton of sense. Um, but as far as our, our agency is concerned, I like to kind of tell people that we're one of the most technologically advanced agencies that you're going to run into. Uh, in most cases, uh, our agency's kind of internal motto is where the convenience of online shopping meets the security of a local insurance agent. Um, so we try to provide these like customer experiences of the simplicity of buying online, but then the security of having, you know, the local representation to be there for, you know, questions, concerns, things like that. So that's who we are, man. Oh, dude, I love that. So you got to go back, repeat that motto again that you said again. I like that. Yeah, we're, 
Yeah, where the convenience of online shopping meets the security of having a local insurance professional. Well, did you come up with that? Or did mom come up with that? That that one was actually me. Man. Shockingly enough, that's really good, bro. That is really really good. I couldn't even write it down. It was too many big words and and like. Well, nice. well, it also has that word convenience in it, which just is, destroys me every time I try to type it. So I. <laughs> that's a gotta, tough you gotta, one. You gotta watch it. Yeah, that's a lot of I's and E's and E's for I's and I's for E's. E's and I's, yeah, I, I lost it. I, I just, C-O-V, period. That's, yeah, there you that's go. It. Love it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so is mom still involved in the agency? Nope, she is retired, uh, currently hanging out on a beach somewhere. That's incredible. I have had the, the pleasure of meeting your mom, and she's incredible. Um, yeah, she's, she's awesome, man. She, she's, a, she's a spitfire for sure. Yes, I was about to say, she's a little bit of a firecracker, so, um, mm -hmm, which sure. is probably where you get a lot of ears from. So uh, Yeah, yeah, for that's sure. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and so I come from second generation, and we've talked about this before, uh, second generation background as well. And I can remember going back to 03, 04, when I first got in with my father, and the headbutting of old school, new school. Did you and your mom have some of that in your family agency when you came in? Yeah, so, you know, I, um, thankfully, no. Uh, my okay. mom and I always worked really, really well together. Um, I think one thing that I, I've always uh, thought my mom did really, really well with our agency, she's always been tech forward, like okay. leaning that direction. Um, so when I was, you know, when I came in, uh, you know, I would kind of question some of the status quo and things like, okay, we're doing it this way. Why do we do it this way? When these three other ways that are way more efficient are available, why are we doing it this way? And rather than like meeting that with resistance, she was kind of like, okay, well, that's, you know, that's fair. Let's, let's look at it. Let's, let's see if that, that makes sense. Um, you know, I tell people, it's funny to me that there's like still agencies out there that have, you know, that have paper. Uh, you know, our agency went paperless in 2006. Wow. Um, I don't even have printers. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, so, but, and that, that, you know, was under her, you know, her guidance. But again, it's, um, it was just one of those things where, you know, inefficiency, we were always a, a small family agency. We didn't have a lot of extra staff. So um, to provide those like customer experiences that we wanted, we had to make sure that we were like hyper efficient. Um, so she was always kind of leaning into the tech stuff. So we didn't, but we didn't butt heads a lot. Of That's incredible because my dad's 80 still selling insurance to this day. And so even going back to when I first got into it, he was already old as hell back then. And so now, and I say that all joking, he'll listen to this and he'll laugh about it. I love my dad. Um, but you know, it was a tough thing that we battled and a lot of it sure. came into that technology and he still has file cabinets. Um, we've gotten rid of a few of them. But again, going back to the paper thing, and he's still, you know, having me come, you know, to his office from time to time and type emails for him and print things for him and go to this file cabinet in the third drawer and go to this alphabet. And I'm like, Dad, you know, so when you talk about early on going paperless, was that when you brought the AMS in? Is that where you started the AMS or would you go CRM yeah. first? Yeah. So, so, but for the agents that listen to this that are, that are offended that we've called out their filing cabinets. Just know that I have I have been in the business long enough to know that like there's some there's something about having that Manila folder yeah. in your hand, like like I get that like like there's there's a there's there's some of that but yes um so when we start when we went paperless that was when we we started moving over uh, to an uh, you know a digital AMS um thankfully yeah that was yeah right around 2006 um we had you know one of those it's like hosted we had like a server computer in the in the office and had to upload everything to the server and you know all that and thank god for cloud-based stuff now but 
Um, but yeah, that was kind of the, the genesis of that for us, of getting into that digital age, if you will. Yeah, and so I know, tell me a little bit right now, as, as you sit right now, uh, we believe at Vertifor that the tech stack is absolutely crucial to your agency, but we believe the nucleus of that is your AMS and your CRM. And so where, where does that sit for you right now? What, what systems are you using right now and how do those work for your agency? Yes, sure. So like obviously the core that you build around is is the AMS. Um, I'm one of the these weird users that uh, I still have. I use QQ Catalyst and love it. It awesome. is, it is, and we've had it. We we had it, so I think we got it in, I can't remember the exact year, but probably like 14, 15, 16, somewhere around in there. Yeah. Um, we picked up, we picked up QQ Catalyst. And I know that on the Vertifor suite of things, like the AMS 360 is the, is the more, I hear more agencies on that than, than QQ. Yeah. It's our um, flagship product. There's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 The, the, the thing for QQ with me um, was always that it has a really robust API. A lot of people don't, don't know that. Um, so that allowed us to build out a lot of like custom solutions where we can get at our data pretty easily um, that's in our AMS and use it for other systems to help, you know, in that customer journey. Um, so so that's our, our AMS. And then I would say just as important, if not getting to be more important than that, is our, uh, you know, CRM, which is Agency Zoom. And I uh, I kind of always view it like this. I tell, I tell agents that are kind of more old school, like, your CRM, so Agency Zoom in our case, is like what we're working on today, right? And our AMS kind of functions more as like the old school filing cabinet, right? So the, all the things that we're working on today are in our CRM. Once we're done with those, it puts it in the filing cabinet and then we move on, right? And so that's kind of the the way that we're structured. Then obviously we have PL Raider as well. Oh, I like that. Okay, so the question that, that I've been asking during this month of the CX and uh, the UX is, you know, what sets Hudson Pillar apart from Hudson Pillar? Is it Hudson Pillar Agency or Hudson Pillar Insurance? Hudson Pillar Insurance. Yeah. Okay. So Hudson Pillar Insurance, what sets you guys apart from the 37 agencies down the road from you uh, in Tennessee and, you know, competition, so to speak? What is the thing, whether it's one thing or two or three things, uh, what could you pull the curtain back and let us know? Like, what sets you guys apart? Yeah, so, so kind of going back to that, you know, competing online uh, thing. At our agency, like when we view competitors, like competing agencies, you know, you mentioned like the other 37 agencies down the street. Like for me, they're not even on my radar, really. I, like, I, I don't really care what they're doing. I, I pay more attention to like, what are these direct to consumers carriers offering, right? So what is progressive.com or Geico or USA, whoever, right? Like, what are they doing? and trying to take the good parts of that because i think we're naive if there's if we don't think that there's good parts of people buying insurance online and take the good parts of that and get rid of the bad and mix that all in in together so um that that's kind of how how i've always viewed it um so like one thing that you know that we do a couple things really you know um extended office hours our agencies open from 6 a.m to 5 p.m you know, Monday through Friday, which is a little weird, but I actually looked at it this morning and it's funny we're, we're talking about this, but this morning between the hours of 6 a.m. and 7.30 a.m. when I checked it, we had already taken like 47 calls into the agency in, in that time. Now, most agencies don't open until, you know, eight, nine, whatever that, that time is. But the way that we did that was not by me being like, hey, I've got all these 
you know, people that I've had to hire that are on these different things. I just, when I hire people, I play the time zones, right? So, you know, I have people then on the Eastern time zone that start early. And then I have people as far out as the, you know, the mountain time zone. And we just play, play that to our advantage. Um, so it gives us extended office hours. So somebody, they want that local agent. They want to talk on the phone to someone. They have, they have that capability. Um, but then we also lean into things with, with technology. I think our biggest one, the one that most people um, rant and rave about after it happens is we uh, utilize some weather mapping technology that we can uh, access real-time data overlaid with our customer map. So basically we have a map of all the clients that we insure, like the locations. Um, and then we can overlay that with weather maps. So here in Tennessee, we get, you know, tornadoes and hail and all, all the things. When something occurs, we have technology that can actually proactively reach out to those customers, um, checking on them, making sure that they're they're good to go so that, you know, they're not having to wait two or three days to hear from somebody. I can have somebody there very, very quickly. Um, it's, you're from this area, so, so you probably know this. In 2020, we got hit with a, a pretty notable tornado. Very uh, and I, I, I use this I use this story quite frequently. You know, that tornado happened at one o'clock in the morning. We already had contact with all of our clients that were affected by like three. And we had them we had claims filed and adjusters on the scene before, you know, six o'clock the next day. Um, now, thankfully, our carriers partnered up. It was such a big loss. They, they just, you know, they sent out cat teams. And it also doesn't hurt that progressives got a big fat claim office right here, <laughs> right, yeah. down, right down the, right down right. the street. From so that, that helped, you know, in some of that response time too. But um, I think the, those kind of things, like, again, taking that online convenience and uh, and merging it with that security of, of the local representation. Uh, that's a great answer. And so when you go back to extended office hours, number one, I think about, you know, the times that, my wife has come to me or, you know, something's come up and my wife's like, Hey, did you take care of such and such? And I'm like, Oh shoot. And the office is already closed. So I can't, or my wife will be like, Hey, will you call our insurance agent? Tell them we've got to add our 16 year old, which happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I was like, Oh crap. He turned 16 in two weeks. I didn't even call to even get a quote or talk to him about we it. We need to start a GoFundMe for you. Like, yeah, that, probably. <laughs> oh gosh. I got the quote and I was like, Holy smokes. But it was one of those things like, Oh man, his office closed at four 30. You know, I was at work all day. So having those extended hours, you know, you think it's silly. You think it's not going to work, but it does. Or 630 in the morning on the way to work, I could pick up the phone and, and call the Hudson Pillar Insurance. And so. Right. And that was that was kind of our, our mindset behind that. And like, you know, obviously then, you know, from there outside of that, then, you know, we have a mobile app and, you know, all the things that they can do after hours. Yeah. I, I use that. We have a, a bank here locally. It was actually kind of my. uh my inspiration for this yeah. because I, I bank with them and they close like randomly one day a week at like three in the afternoon. <laughs> and, and it's like, and it's like, it never fails that like that day at three 30 is the day that I need this. A hundred percent. And, and that, that is so frustrating because you're like, okay, they should be open. Right. So that was kind of the intent is like, all right, I've got these people, um, you know, that they, they want to work earlier. I can play the time zone game and, you know, really extend those hours without like, you know, being super, super weird and be like, Hey, y'all gotta be here at 6am. You know, that, that kind yeah. of stuff. So, yeah. well, and that makes total sense. And I think that plays in another thing that I was going to ask you about was remote workers. You know, when you talk about having people, cause you're in Tennessee and you would think, 
you know, just like all of us, so you would think, you know, talent's got to be easy to find right there in Nashville, whatever, but it's not always easy to find talent. And so for you, you've solved the talent issue by, I'm guessing, by going to remote workers and probably some VAs and probably some things like that. But, you know, how did that, what was the genesis of that? How did that begin for you? Yeah. So, so I have a, I have a pretty firm uh, thesis on this, <laughs> All right. and, and that is, and that is that we only have thirty minutes. Agencies, but no, 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 no. We, well, I can do this. <laughs> uh, a lot of agencies, you know, they they need staff, right? They want staff, and they want to provide the best staff possible for their clients. The problem with that is, in most locations, agents of the caliber that you want to be in your office don't exist conveniently to you. Meaning that like, um, yeah, sure, you may want to have a 10 person office, but is there really 10 really, really strong agents that live within driving distance of your office? And the answer for most people in the United States is no. Like they're like, so so then what do you do? Well, you've got to have people. So you end up being like, okay, well, we'll make an exception on this one. You know, and you, and you bring in these people that, you know, are, you know, maybe B and C level, not the ones you're looking for, but you're desperate. You had to have somebody. Yep. And then you get into this hamster wheel of I've got this B level player. They cause problems. They're not great. They're da, 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 I got to fire them. Okay, cool. Now I'm back to. And you get in this like hamster wheel of hiring and having to let people go, and you can never grow because you're too busy putting out the fires that 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 cause. So with us, we started saying, okay, let's stop looking at geographical location and say, all right, who's the best people that we can get? The best, the best of the best. Who who are they? And so, you know, I'm, I'm thankful, you know, I'm, I'm involved in insurance soups. So I got a lot of people, you know, throughout the country that, that I talk to, you know, frequently. So we, we put it out there and we started hiring. We hired our first virtual team member in December of 2019. I don't like to say I'm a visionary, uh, but that was a pretty good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a pretty good time. So anyway, so, so we went from there. So now, like fast forward to today. All of our team members are hybrid for the most part. There's a couple of exceptions, but um, they're either hybrid or full-time virtual. So hybrid, they work two days in the office, three days out, or they uh, are completely virtual. So we, we have a little bit of a mix of both. Um, the other cool thing too is like by spreading out that geographical loca- location, um, your agency as it grows isn't as susceptible to service issues if something happens in a given area, right? Let's go back to that tornado that hit our town. Yeah. Well, while, you know, my town is like, is, is gone. Like where the agency's at, like there's, there's stuff torn up everywhere. That didn't affect my people that I have in East Tennessee that are three hours away. So they were able to just jump, jump in and their work day is unaffected. Whereas if I have everything running out of one hub, so a, a weather event, something like that, or even as simple as the internet being out, you know, like at your at your office, there's nothing, no way to shut an office down faster than have the internet go out. 100. Um, by spreading that out, we spread the risk and therefore uh, allow us to to always be operational. Yeah, I, I love you brought you know all that up. I got so many things I wrote down in here. Again, paper. I'm writing it all here. Um, hey, that's cool. I, I, but, I'm, I'm all about some paper. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I just I have to work backwards because it's fresh in my brain. But you that's brought fine. back up the tornado. Um, and some people know this, some people don't, but in March of this year, very end of March of this year in Little Rock, where I live, we had a massive tornado. Um, yes, you did. And I'm still seeing in January, um, blue top or blue roofs. And I'm still seeing 
a lot of houses damaged. I'm still seeing buildings hadn't been able to rebe been rebuilt and all this kind of stuff. It's like a war zone still. And I'm sure, you know, for a little while in Tennessee, it was the same thing. But when you bring up, you know, something like that that happens and you're able to get in front of it a little bit and let your clients know or be able to jump into those claims or be able to do that, there's nothing that says customer service like that, in my opinion, and be able to deliver those checks sooner or be able to let them know, hey, you know, we've already contacted these people. We've already got this going. Here's what we're looking at here. Uh, is that something that, you know, going back to technology that you set up, you know, you ran some of that through Agency Zoom and some of the automations there? Or was that a QQ thing? Or do you have a different technology altogether for that? Yeah, so, so – a lot of that's handled with within a weather technology that, that, that yeah. it's called tomorrow.io uh, yeah. is the, the name of the code. No free ads, by the way, tomorrow. Y'all need to send Vertifor a check for this. Right. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, but a lot of but like as far as the reporting comes out of, out of QQ. Yeah. So the locations, all of that comes out of QQ. We feed that over to the mapping software and the mapping software monitors. And then, you know, when there's an event, it just allows us to go in and say, OK, here's where the here's where the weather went. Here's the customers that are probably affected. Circle them on a map, text them, and then we, we send them out. And then that that picks up the conversation. And then I have my service team will actually monitor that inbox coming back in. So texts go out, stuff comes back. The service team jumps on it and and monitors it from there. Now, is it one of those things where you get a text or an email or something that comes out ahead of time to say, "Hey, there's a significant weather event coming next week or tomorrow," or Today at five o'clock, do you let them know ahead of time and try to go that route? We we will if it's and you live in you live in Arkansas, so you guys get this this too. Like sometimes they'll say that like, hey, this is a major weather event day. Like like we know yeah. that this is coming. And in in those in those scenarios, like yeah, we'll we'll proactively send out some text. We also we use the insurance agent app, so we also do push notifications. Sure, um, you know th through the app to to our app users uh, as well, uh, and then. But mostly it's reactive. Like if, if we didn't know, like most of the time when there's a tornado or something, uh, you didn't, they didn't, they didn't give you a lot of warning. They just said, Hey, there's some yeah. storms coming in. All of a sudden, next thing you know, there's four tornadoes on the ground. Um, so it just depends on how the weather's playing out that day. Well, the other thing is that I think is fascinating in this is so many times you can let them know. And they're still like, I always think it's never going to happen to me. Like we're never going to get this event. And even, you know, my former CSR, she's still, you know, living in a hotel right now because her house was affected, like totally demolished. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's still living out of a hotel and trying to figure this whole thing out. And it's uh, just taking a while to get the construction material and this and that. She was one of those that like, I knew it was coming. I'm an insurance agent. I should have been prepared. But, you know, what are you going to do? And so, right. yeah. So, um I do find, you know, that again, talking about customer experience, that's got to be, you know, a big, you know, thing that helps set you apart. Uh, so are you guys just tell my audience a little bit, uh, the breakdown of personal to commercial in your agency, are you predominantly personal lines? Yeah, we're, a, we're a big personal line shop. We're about 89% personal lines. Uh, and then the rest of it's a mix of, you know, commercial and life. So let me ask you, okay. I, I, I feel like the answer is going to be obvious here, but for those that are listening, I, I just want to know, and maybe they were asking it in their head of, does it make it easier to set up the customer journey and customer experience when you're only, not only, but predominantly focused on one line of business? I, I would argue that personal lines is the hardest one to do. Okay. So, so it depends, depends on, you yeah. know, 
on the commercial side of things, for the most part, a lot of your commercial clientele are more structured. They're in business, right? They understand that flow. Um, a lot of your personal lines clients aren't in aren't in that business. So with, then when they call at 7.15 a.m. and nobody answered the phone, they're screaming about why did nobody answer the phone? Whereas that that commercial client's like, oh, well, we're not open either. We'll wait till they, you know. So like, I feel I like- you. I, I feel like personal lines is probably the harder one to do just because there's such a variety of, of clientele that you're dealing with. All righty. Uh, I, I can understand that argument and I, uh, I dig it. So uh, as you built out your, your personal lines, I'm guessing that goes back to beyond, you know, when you first bought the agency. Uh, but what does that look like as far as when a someone calls in or a lead comes in or whatever it might be, uh, you said that you have the Zoom for what's going on now, and then you filed away here. Is that where you start your journey? Is here once the lead comes in, they get something from Zoom, or does yes, it so start- absolutely. So, so lead comes in. Um, depending on where the lead comes from, uh, we have some different things. You know, we we're pretty heavy on SEO. Uh, we get a lot of like just straight up, and I don't want to call them internet leads because everybody hears internet leads and they think of like the ones you buy from a vendor. Uh, yeah. But what I'm actually talking about is like people went to our website and requested quotes in some sure. way. Um, so that's what I view as internet lead. So we, we get, you know, those, they'll come in, we they get funneled into a pipeline within agency Zoom. And then there's automations uh, set up for each different stage uh, along that customer journey all the way until they are sold. Once once they once they are sold, then the automations don't stop. There's there's additional automations that then introduce them to our service team. Let okay. them know you know how to handle things if they if they need service, et cetera, et cetera, and then um, gives them the opportunity to um, you know request service or whatever through through email, which then integrates back into Agency Zoom for a service pipeline. So it kind of all funnels back into Agency Zoom, you know, for for different different tasks. So like example of that journey. Customer wants a quote on auto insurance. They go to our website. They do it. Goes into Agency Zoom. Agency Zoom is going to open up the conversation. Going to send them a link to get you know additional quoting information. We move them along that pipeline. You know, quote them, send the app, sell it, and then once that policy is sold, um, we you know we'll then send them send them some emails about uh, about the. Um, where's it going with that? I'm sorry. There's a train in my in my ear out here. Uh, they, they will, they will start, um, they, they go through that process and then let's say three weeks later, they need to add a car, right? They email in, Hey, I need to add a car that gets automatically put into a service pipeline where we're pushing that along to completed and cycle and it cycles right there. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So my question is on this is the, when you start the journey, uh, and you said that you know, Zoom gets notified and then, you know, they send out for them to get more information. Is that all done through fillable forms and whatnot? Or is that a, a human calling or a someone calling them to get that information? How do you gather that information? Yeah, it starts with fillable forms. We use SALT insurance I love uh, for, yeah. for, our, fill, for our fillable forms. Um, we, we use them, um, but it leads up like we don't take the, the person out of it, right? So it starts with the fillable forms. They, they send that out. And then from there, um, if they don't respond or they don't fill it out or whatever, then we get people involved. Okay, so there's a, a clock running on the salt. Once they, if they don't fill it out in a certain timeline, then they get a phone call from somebody at your agency. I, I love 
That's what it sounds like to me, and I'm assuming that. I see the train going on behind you, so audience, you got to hear me talk for a minute. I know you came to hear CJ, but uh, so that's what it sounds like to me. And so as we talk through this and we talk about, um, you know, your own journey, what you guys do with your people, like you brought up the, the different stages and the pipeline stages you've got. I see the train's gone through. So do you use the default ones in Zoom or do you no. have like a certain ones that you guys use? If you could walk me through, could you pull the curtain back on that a tad? Of course. Yeah. So, so our pipeline, if, if we're just talking, you know, personal line sales pipeline, yeah, we yeah. have, we, we have, a, I think it's five stages. So the, the first one is just like a cold lead stage, yeah. meaning that somebody, somebody started some information, like, like they, they've asked for a quote, but we don't really have everything we need at that point. From there, it gets moved to a, we call it quote info collected, meaning that we have everything we need to quote, but we haven't quoted it yet. Right. So it's it's yeah. sitting there. And then my team actually has a, a internal clock there that says, all right, when something hits that stage, they have half a day to get it back to them. OK. Um, so, you know, if in, in the way we, we cut our days in half. Right. So if we receive the info in the morning, they have to have their quotes before my agents leave for the day. If they get it the second day or if they in the in the second part of the day, so the afternoon, they have to have responded back. Uh, before the morning of the of the next day, and so we use shot clocks within within agency Zoom to make sure that 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 process is happening within that stage. Um, once once we've got the quote out, we have a, a quoted stage, meaning that like, hey, we've quoted this, we've proposed it, we've we've sent it out, and then there are some automated tasks there for my for my agents, like, all right. You know, every other day we're following up on this lead to X, you know, to I think it's 14 days or whatever. Um, after day 14, we have a stage we call ghost, which is my favorite stage. Okay. Uh, and that is for people that have ghosted us. Yeah. Like we had heard from them. We don't know what they're doing. Um, in that ghost stage, we have automation set up. They're going to call and text them until we get some sort of response. You know, wh whether that, because for us, like, like if you don't want to use this, fine, but I want you to tell me no. Like that's yeah. the, like, that's kind of the thing. Like I, I don't want, I, I need to know yes or no. And so we're going to follow up, follow up, follow up till we get that no. And then after that stage, we have just like an application pending, meaning that like yeah. we've sent them all the documents. It's not sold yet, but we're waiting on that to come back. And then once they send the documents back, we issue the policies. It gets moved to sold and it's done. Got so it. that's kind of the our pipeline walking through. Yeah. Um, okay. So do you know, I'm sure you do being a reports guy, but um, your, your time from quote to bind typically, what does that usually look like for you? Yeah, so so it's, that's a little like tough because it depends on what uh, the way that we kind of process it because we never move something to sold until it's actually issued with the carrier, and so depending on the lead source, that lead time can be be dramatic or it can be very quick. So, for instance, if it's an internet lead, somebody wants auto insurance, that buying cycle might be an hour. You know, because like they, they come in, you know, we talk to them, you know, they're like, hey, I'm at the car dealer trying to get insurance. We, we're going to hustle them through that. Whereas sometimes if we're dealing with a lender, for instance, yeah. a lender lead could come in and they don't close for 45, 60 days, depending on how that is. And so they're going to sit in that pipeline a little bit longer. But the, I think the key for us is that we meet once a week and have a meeting where we go over every single lead in the pipelines oh, okay. and make sure that everything's updated, make sure that it's, it's where it's supposed to be. A, to keep everything clean and get it updated, but B, is to just make sure 
nobody fell through the cracks. You know, there wasn't, you know, for some reason, you know, a lead that didn't get called for whatever reason. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. You brought up lender leads. Do y'all work with a lot of lenders on that? Is that a large percentage of your new business? Yeah, uh, it used to be. I would say I would say that it used to be. Obviously, the the market slowing down, you know, slowed some of that up. But I, I'm thankful that I um, I'm very cognizant about being um, overly invested in one lead source. Like I think there's a lot of agents that like the, all they focus on was mortgage lenders, and then when the mortgage lenders kind of stopped because the market slowed up so much their lead sources stopped. So I try to try to keep that pretty balanced uh, across the board. Um, so yeah, we do get lender leads, but it's, it's not a, a, if they, if I didn't get any, we're still fine. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 No, I totally get it. All right. So, um, I, I, I told you I was going backwards here. So no, you it finally hit it. My, my squirrel brain. It finally hit me. I'm going <laughs> my ADHD here. I'm going back to the beginning a little bit. And you brought something up. And um, I've got my sound guy. He may have to edit some of this if you don't feel comfortable asking or answering this. So, Chad, be prepared on that. But uh, if it works, then this would be awesome. So you talked about you focus on not necessarily the agents in town, but what the DTC and some of those carriers are doing. And mm-hmm. you try to look at the good that they're doing and, you know, eliminate some of the bad stuff they're doing. Is right. there way you could answer some of that without calling out any names or anything? What are some of those bad things that you see? And what are some of those things that a lot of – the DTCs are doing that, you know, um, some of us might implement that we shouldn't be. Well, I, I think, I think that if we're going to go with the bad, the bad, in let's my go opinion, with the bad. Yeah. That's what I want to yeah, hear. The bad, the bad is pretty obvious. Um, it's lack of education for the client, right? Okay. They're in this purchase, purchase experience and they're, they're picking liability limits and they're picking deductibles and they're picking all these things and they may or may not fully understand like what they're buying. Right. And so making sure that, you know, when we have somebody that buys insurance, yeah, sure. If you went through our process and you never really talked to anybody, we're at least going to take the time before you hit buy or before you you buy something from us. Say, hey, let's make sure this is what you wanted, um, because it never fails that, you know, the customer that buys online, everything's great until they have a claim. And then they go, oh, maybe <laughs> I maybe I didn't actually save any money here because now it's it's called so so I think that would be that would be a big one the other side of it too is a lot of those um there's no personal touch there at all yep. so a lot of clients will find that like once they they buy it like the purchase experience part of it was easy um but then they get to like hey I need customer service and all they have is an email address and they send the email into somebody and Maybe somebody answers. Maybe they don't. They have to wait on hold for hours at a time. Um, our agency has a has a standard of when when somebody contacts us, no matter how it is, email, whatever, they have to be contacted back within an hour. Period. It doesn't doesn't matter. One business hour. So like if it comes in after hours, you know, first thing in the morning or whatever. But uh, that way, I don't have customers that are kind of in limbo, if you will, where they've sent in an email, they've got, they need service, they've sent something and they've questioned, and it's just kind of floating out in somebody's, you know, wherever. <laughs> like, like they have, they can see that with us, they they know what to expect. So taking, you know, bits and pieces from that purchase experience, and then adding education to it, and then making sure that the service piece is 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 helpful. I was sense? hoping that that's how you're going to answer that. Because I do think too many independents focus on, you know, when they're trying to compete with the Geico's or the progressives or the whoever's out there, uh, I think 
too many still to this day are trying to focus on that speed. Our, our clients, whether they're in Mount Juliet or in Little Rock or in Denver, they've been trained. You can save 15% or more in 15 minutes or less. They've been trained that the cheapest is always the best. They've been trained you know, to do the shopping and make sure you shop all this stuff or go to Progress and let them shop for you, whatever it might be. They've been trained improperly, in my opinion. And so I think 100%. Yeah, no, the education have. piece is vital, in my opinion. So, and I'm glad you answered my question before I got into it, because I was going to ask, when in the cycle do you bring in the education piece? But it sounds like right before the bind. So it might be, you know, going back that, you know, stage, uh, maybe in the application part or the application pending part or the Typically, they're going to get it. They're going to get it in two places. They're going to get it in the the quoted stage. Like we're, yeah. we we don't just send out like quick little you know quote you know like hey here's your quote look at it like our emails you know like hey we typically would take three points and yeah. like hey we're recommending this and here's why here's my three things yeah. this this and this like whatever they are um, and then we'll send them out and then on that application piece we'll typically go over that application with the customer before we send it to them. Hey, this is what you're going to get. Let's review it. All right. You wanted these liability limits. Cool. Do you understand it? Yes. Great. And, and just, you know, go on through it that way. Oh, um, awesome. And the other thing, again, just hit me. Um, again, you see that light bulb, the squirrels running around. You brought up post-sale automations, you know, because yeah. a lot of people stop there. And then the biggest thing that we hear, and I, you know, I trained agents for a couple of years. And the biggest thing that we would have to get out of their system is that, you know, saying that you would hear of, I haven't heard from my agent all year, you know, and that was a good way of, you know, when I heard that I would train, that's a trigger for you to, you know, it's time to strike. But as mm -hmm. you're, I'm talking to agency owners right now, you don't want to be that agency. So, you know, is that something that was in your mindset as you were setting this up of like, I don't want to be that guy. I want to, you know, uh, stay in contact with my client all year round. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of agents too, because I think you and I both deal with a lot of agents on, you know, and different things that, that we deal with. Mm -hmm. I, I think, I think one thing that a lot of agents mess up is they want to automate everything. And I get that. I'm a, <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. an automator. <laughs> I love, I love to automate everything. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that you can get to a point of where like you lose the relationship with the customer because you've automated and you've automated and that comes, you know, getting yeah. into that, that customer service piece and the, the communication, like, yeah, I can, I can automate the communication throughout the year, but um, is that going to be, um, you know, really what, is that going to, is that going to actually, are they reading that email that I sent them, you know, randomly in, because it was the start of Q4 that, you know, gave them 10 tips for closing their pool. Like I, Probably not like that. That's right. not the kind of stuff like automating those things is there, but there has to be like that personal touch. So we try to do um, a couple touches throughout the year, um, handwritten birthday cards. Um, we have kind of automated that process, but but not at the same time. Um, handwritten cards. Anytime we see anything, all of our agents follow our clients on Facebook. So anytime we see anything, you know, if your dog passes away and you're going to get a card from us, if you had, yep. you know, you're, you're going to get these cards and. We actually, uh, I'll give you a good secret here. This one was fun there. Mayor. All right. Uh, Y'all pay attention. The, uh, we bought a handwriting machine. And okay. I took I took everyone on my team and had their, that had them submit handwriting analysis, basically. And we, we used a company that then turned their handwriting into a font. 
Oh, that's cool. And so I, I, we have this handwriting machine. We can actually take these cards and handwrite them in my agent's font. You know, whatever it is, it looks and it literally is a pen to paper writes it out, and we can send out these cards at a scale that most people can't that's do. That's awesome. Um, which is cool. So you know, you get the the thank you card after sale, and the the, the birthday card, and the you know all the all these different things that, that we can send them, and they are legitimately look handwritten. So, um, uh, again, just another one of those touches because I yeah. I never heard from my agent. Oh, that that one hits me in the heart, man. You 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 gotta you gotta make sure that you're staying in communication because you you can you can win a customer on speed, but you can lose them just as quick. Right. 100%. So like you've got it, that retention piece, the that's the piece that makes our money in insurance. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's cool that you sold, you know, a quarter million this month or whatever. But like, how much did you, you retain? <laughs> so, yeah, you deserve to lose that client if they haven't heard from you all year long. And so, 100%, uh, 100%. And, you know, that could relate to so many other things too, but uh, yeah, I, I totally appreciate, you know, that answer and the way, you know, we, we've been through some of that. So, um, uh, I didn't know how that was going to go, so I'm glad you brought the education piece and whatnot. Uh, so you were concerned for a minute there, okay? That's it. Yeah, I just didn't know, you know, if it was going to be like anyway. Um, I digress. So let's get back. In. Okay, so when I when you first came on the scene for me um, was in the realm of, and again early on. So we'll say you're a genius and you're ahead of times there, but is in the realm of like chatbots and using chat. Are you still doing that in your agency? And are you still in part of, of Taco Bot and that whole thing? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, the other thing to in, in just tying this into our conversation, like we try to make sure that we meet our customers. And I think that a lot of agencies don't do this. And this might be another thing that sets us apart. We try to meet our customers um, on the communication channel that they want to be met on. Right. So we have customers that strictly talk to us on Facebook Messenger. Yeah. And so we, we have that and we have chat bots that will talk to those people. We have people that will only call us. We'll have people that will only email us. We'll have and and all of those things are right. Um so what we as agency have to do is make sure that we have systems and processes built around all of these different communication styles and allow that customer, hey, you want to text us? Cool. Text us. You know, be that way, that way no matter how they want to communicate, we're going to communicate the way that, that they want to be, want to be talked to. And that's, um, so yeah, that's where the bots come in. Um, still do, still do a ton of stuff with chat bots. You know, we, we, um, you know, we sell life insurance through chat bots. We, we have, um, chat bots that can sell equine mortality insurance. Like wait, the chat bots are still a huge thing for me. Um, I just, um, uh, uh, there's other ones, there's other methods too. You know, and that's why I like to tell people is like, you know, I used to be hardcore on just one chat bot, but now I've got to go. I had to do these other things as well. So we got chat bots, we got phone, we got SMS, we got, um, you know, website plugins. We've got, you know, automated um, um, uh, like forms and things on our website. All of that has to play. They all form the picture of, of your communication style of your agents. Yeah. So if you were to sum up in this one sentence or a couple of words of the customer, the customer journey or the customer life cycle of a customer of Hudson pillar insurance. Mm -hmm. What would that look, what would that be for you? Um, Let's go back to your I, motto. Yeah. Well, it, it, yes, it, it could be the motto, you know, the, the convenience yeah. moment on shop. I, I think, yeah, that, or I, I think the word that I like to th like to think of is the word simple. Yeah. Right. Or, or convenient with all the eyes and ease. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simple's way easier than spelling candy. Uh, for for sure. Uh, the uh, I, I was educated with uh, you know Tennessee school system. Y'all, right. y'all don't hate spelling, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, but like like that, you know, keeping the process and doing business with the agency simple as it can be. Um, that's kind of the the way that I've always uh, wanted to to approach it. Um, eliminating inefficiencies and friction within the buying experience and the customer service experience uh, within your agency. I like it. I like it. Uh, I think that's a, a good summary there. I just want to make sure the, the audience is able to hear that summary kind of at the end there. And, you know, um, if there's anybody out there listening right now that, that want to get in touch with you, that wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit, uh, would that the best way be on uh, LinkedIn or Facebook or you have an email address you could, you could share out? Yeah, so 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 sure. I uh, I think my best, and y- y'all are gonna laugh, but my best way to get a hold of me is on Facebook. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a big LinkedIn or I, I'm on LinkedIn, like I'm on there, but I have like probably 20 people that have messaged me on there that haven't. <laughs> I gotta gotta get back with them, but I'm always on Facebook and Facebook Messenger, so that's probably the best way. Um, you can also email me. It's just cj at h-u-t-i-n-s dot com. Like Hudson Pilbert Insurance, really really short. There you go. Cj at com. Yep. Dude, uh, thank you so much uh, for hanging out with us. And audience, thank you guys for hanging out with me and CJ as we're in our our month talking about CX. Go uh, subscribe to our channel. Go listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out the upcoming guests we've got going on. And then uh, be on the lookout in March. We've got some really cool stuff on State of the Industry and and what's next for Vertifor. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll catch you guys on the next one. Well, that was a great episode. Amazing. It was an amazing episode. I really enjoyed that content. Guys, if you enjoyed that content and you want more of it, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Nah, dude. You got to tell them to crush it. Crush that subscribe button, guys. All right. Whether you want to crush it, smash it, hit it. Bop it? Sure. We could bop it. Either way, guys, we don't want you to miss another episode. We enjoy spending time with you, the VIP. Yeah. We'll see you next week.